0: I want to start out with a verse of scripture this morning as we unveil the vision for the year 2014. And the scripture is this, 2 Kings 2, 9, it says, When they had crossed the river, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what shall I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double portion of the spirit that you have upon me. And so what we want to do in the year 2014 is we want to double, everybody say double, We want to double the scope of the ministry of the Way Bible Church. Okay, that's what I thought when God told me, too. It's like, wow. (laughs) Okay, that's a lot. So everywhere that you look this year, you're going to see these things on the wall that say X2. And what X2 means, it means times two. We want to multiply everything that we've done in the the past years of the Way Bible Church over this next year. We want to double everything. Now, doubling everything doesn't mean adding a bunch of stuff, okay? Okay? It means doubling the efforts of what we're already great at, okay? So we're not going to add a bunch of programs and add a bunch of stuff that aren't fruitful. We're going to find out what we're the very best at in this region, the niche that God has given up to us to reach people in this region. And we're going to double our efforts in that area. And a lot of people are sitting here thinking, well, as Damon mentioned, it's not about numbers. I hope there's a bunch of numbers in heaven. Amen? I hope the numbers in heaven are so supernaturally phenomenally greater than anything I've ever seen or imagined. I hope it blows me away. And so it's not about just doubling the amount of people. That's not the goal. We want to double the amount of effective ministry that we do at the way bible church we want to double the amount of people we send out around the world we want to double the amount of people that are involved in our small groups we want to double the amount of people that are involved in our worship services not for the sake of numbers for the sake of effective ministry and I want them to show a video clip right quick of just how we're gonna begin to do that and so as they're gonna show this video clip and kick it off many of you will remember this movie and so I hope you enjoy this clip as much as I do
1: You look like a bunch of fifth grade sissies after a cat fight. You got anger, that's good. You're going to need it, son. You got aggression, that's even better. You're going to need that too. But any little 2-year-old child can throw a fit. Football is about controlling that anger. Harnessing that aggression into a team effort to achieve perfection. Some coaches, they cut a player if they think he's not up to snuff they think he's hurting the team this is a public school program i will never ever cut a player who comes out to play for me but when you put that uniform on that titan uniform you better come to work we will be perfect in every aspect of the game you drop a pass you run a mile you miss a blocking assignment you run a mile you fumble the football and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile.
0: Perfection.
1: Let's go to work. Bunch of tough guys.
0: I love that. I love that line. Let's go to work. And the reason I want to introduce the staff to you this morning before we even started is because of this very reason here. We're going we're gonna to be... I'm, Perfection is not what we're going for. The intensity of that clip is what we're going for. We're going to up the intensity of the staff here at TWBC. We're going to work harder than we've ever have. We're going to work longer than we ever have. We're going to be smarter than we've ever been. We're going to challenge ourselves more than we ever have. And we're going to watch what God begins to do to, to use us to double the scope of ministry of TWBC. Another scripture that I want to read to you this morning is Matthew 25, 19. It says, Now long after the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have five more talents. And his master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have uh, been entrusted with little, so now I will set you over much. Go and enjoy your master's happiness what I want us to realize as a church when we talk about times two and we're going to double the scope of ministry it's not just adding stuff it's literally doubling what God has already given us and I want us to use this scripture right here as a basis as we begin to move forward in how we're going to do this because doubling doesn't mean one plus one equals two it means two times two equals four Okay, We want to double what God has been able to give us here. And we know as staff, that's going to put a lot on us. It's going to put a lot of work on us. But hey, we're ready for it because we realize that when we sign up for ministry, this wasn't a joke. This wasn't a time to lollygag. This wasn't a time to kick back and relax and say, oh, we're just in ministry. This is a time that, just as he said, when you put that Titan uniform on, when we walk into TWBC this next year, there's going to be an intensity level raised all across the board with the staff, with the leaders, and everything that we do And I I love that line that he says we'll be perfect in every aspect of the game That doesn't mean we can't mess up and we won't mess up What that means is we're going to give it our very best and we're going to do our very best And we're going to launch out there farther than we ever have And we're going to have to do more than we've ever done And we're going to have to take steps of faith that are going to require great amounts of support From an amazing congregation And we're going to ask you to do one thing with us And that's trust us That's trust us We're going to ask you to trust us this year as we make huge steps of faith moving forward to advance the kingdom of God like we've never advanced it before. We want to see God do exponentially in this region more than he's ever done. And we know it's going to take a church that's on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ to see that happen. And we sat down last year and decided, why can't that be our church? Why can't that be TWBC? Why can't that be us, the church in this region that is going to do an exponentially great and amazing thing for the kingdom of God? There are six key words that I want us to key in on this morning, and we're going to go over them again in the next six weeks. The first thing that we're going to do as staff and as leadership of this church is we're going to develop a standard called excellence. Excellence across the board. Everybody thinks of excellence and they think it's a goal to try and achieve. Excellence is no longer a goal for us to achieve. Excellence is a standard that we operate by, okay? This is going to rise us to a level where we can't come in halfway prepared for anything, We can't come in saying good enough is good enough anymore. We can't come in and just saying, oh, it's just another Sunday. There's no such thing at the Way Bible Church of just another Sunday anymore. Because every Sunday that we look at it as just another Sunday, there's a soul outside of these walls that's not making it to heaven. I'm not good with that. That grieves me, and I know if God's called me to this region and called you to live in this region and be here right in Sulphur Springs, I want to be part of a church that doesn't just try to reach excellence, but excellence is a standard that we operate in. Excellence is a standard that we go by. I don't want good enough being good enough anymore. It's the very best. Some of you are sitting here thinking, well, that disqualifies me, pastor. No, it doesn't. That does not disqualify you. In fact, that qualifies you all the more that when you step out, not if you step out, when you step out, that you already know how you're going to do it. You're going to do it to the very best of your ability. And listen, if you don't preach as good as the next person preaches, it doesn't matter. I just need you preaching to the very best of your ability. If you don't sing as good as the next person sings, I'm not challenging you to be them. I'm challenging you do it to the very best of your ability. You work at your craft. You don't just show up on Sunday and throw something out there. You go home and you practice and you study and you work at it. And what we saw on the video clip, let's go to work. Church doesn't need to be this thing that we go to and just look at it and be like, oh, that's such a nice, neat, little, quaint place. Church is where effective ministry needs to happen Church is where the lost need to be able to come in and feel the love of Christ Some of you are sitting here thinking pastor. I don't even know what my gift is Well, if you don't know what your gift is, this is what I need you to focus on I need you to focus on being the most loving person in the church So that means when you come in and you go to your box or your seat to sit down and put your Bible down You don't sit down You reserve your seat up on the front row. Amen. Thank you, Jesus You reserve your seat on the front row, but then you just go loving on people. Well, pastor, I've only been here three weeks. Good, you got a bunch of people to get to know. (laughs) Don't wait for somebody to come to you. You go to them. I want us to raise the standard across the board of what church is, of how you've known church, and all your preconceived notions of what we think church was and how we grew up in church and what we experienced growing up. I want us to throw all that out And I want us to just read the Gospels and focus on what the people did in the Gospels. And then in Acts chapter 1 through 9, focus on how the church acted. The church, when people were in need, they sold their own possessions and gave them to the poor. I want us to do it in excellence. Raise the standard to the very best of our ability. Another thing people are saying, well, I don't know where I fit in. Here's where you fit in. If you see somebody who's ever not in a service, it's your job to call them. Raise the standard. It's not the job of the the staff to keep up with 800 people, it's my job as a church member to keep up with the people in my section of the sanctuary. I need those people. I need them and and we desperately desire you to just raise what you're doing to the next level. Raise it to a level of excellence like never before. The next thing we wanna do is we wanna excel. We wanna excel as a church. We want to go beyond whatever we thought we could do. We want to go beyond whatever we thought we could do. What if at the end of this year, we went farther than we ever expected to go? We talk about doubling the scope of ministry. What if God actually put his supernatural power on it and we did way more than double? Well, let's not make, let's not make doubling the scope of ministry the limit. Let's make it the standard. We don't go below it. If we go above it, praise God, thank you, Jesus, we're just not going below it. So I don't want it to be a limit of, oh, we've doubled and we stopped. No, I want it to be the standard of what we get to and we grow exponentially from there. And I want to see souls saved and I want to see baptisms every single Sunday. We we averaged a, a, a baptism basically one per Sunday last year. Well, let's go for two per Sunday this year. And there was a time, four years ago, I remember the expressions on people's faces when I said, I want to see a baptism every single Sunday. And I remember the look on people's faces. And I even remember somebody doing this and muttered under their breath, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Why can't it happen? Why can't it happen? Why can't we be a church that is so excited about what God's doing in our life and the experiences that we have that we excel Then we go farther uh, beyond than we ever thought we could. So we want us to excel. We must change our thinking in one area if we're going to excel. If we're going to excel, we can no longer think we are a small church in a small town that has no impact on the world. We've got to change that thinking. We've got to change it. We're not a small church. We're not a small town. We're not as big as some towns, but we're not a small town. And we have a dynamic impact around the world. There's an orphanage in the Philippines right now that we support. And if our church cuts it funding, the four orphans that they have will not have funding. Tell how we're not having a dynamic impact on one of those four kids' lives. Okay? Okay. I met with uh, one of our other missionary teams the other day that we support on a monthly basis from Global Advance. And every month, they go out on a mission trip and they minister, over, they minister to over 6,000 ministers per trip. Okay? They minister to over 6,000 ministers. And these are churches in Asia, so a small church in Asia is a couple thousand. <laughs> okay? And if one pastor ministers over, uh, to over 1,000 people and we minister to over 6,000 ministers... Do you understand, we've just reached... Where's my mathematicians in here? How many people are we reaching? A a lot. We'll just say a lot. (laughs) And that's just with that one group we support. That's just with global advance. And so we must begin to change our mindset. We are not a small church. We are not in a small town. And we have a profound impact on the world around us. If we're going to excel, we've got to start thinking along those lines. And so I don't think, want you to start thinking about what we're not. I want you to get our eyes looking on what we're becoming. An amazing church in an amazing town that has one goal, and that's to minister to the needs of our city. Our job is to serve our city and to serve the leaders in our city and to love the people extravagantly. That's the job of our church. That's what we want to do in this next upcoming year. That brings me to the next word I want to talk about, extravagant extravagant, extravagant does not mean we're frivolous or with bad stewardship, extravagant means everything that is within us, with the power we possess and every ounce of guts that we can muster up, we do it. We give it 100%, we give it 100%. We are in bowl season, it's bowl mania, capital one bowl week, you hear about it all week long. I want you to get in the mindset of any sporting event that you like and the greatest game of your life that you ever played, if you played sports. And when you got done, whether you won or lost, you left it out there on the field. And you said, I gave it 100%. I didn't leave anything back. There's nothing I could have done more. I gave everything I had. At the end of the year 2014, whatever we reach and wherever we're at, if we've doubled, if we tripled, if we've quadrupled, if wherever we're at, we want to sit here at the end of 2014 at a breakfast just like this and say we gave it everything we had. We gave it 100% and we did it extravagantly. We went all the way. I don't want us to look back on 2014 and say we could have done a little better here. I want us to leave it all out there. I mean, I want us to leave it out there like never before. And watch what God begins to do. Exceptional. We don't want to be average in any aspect. We do not want to be average in any aspect. People say this all the time. Don't sweat the small stuff. I could not disagree more. People say, don't sweat the small stuff, Joel. I completely disagree. Because when you start focusing on the little bitty things that need fixing, all the big things seem to start coming together and be fixed. It's when you ignore all the little stuff. It's when you ignore all the little things in life. It's when you ignore all the tiny problems that one day you're going to have an explosion of this big problem, which is simply a culmination of a bunch of little problems. And if we start sweating the small stuff and taking care of the fine point details, we're going to see God do amazing things next year. So we want to be exceptional. I don't want us to have a bunch of little problems lingering around or a bunch of little issues that we say, yeah, that needs to be fixed, but we'll do it later because there's a more pressing issue. No, we're going to sweat the small stuff this year. We're going to find a way to get things operating at an optimal level. And we need your feedback on stuff. We need your help with some of this stuff. We want to find a way to be an exceptional church. And exceptional means fine-tuning, looking at the details Looking at the things that need to be touched on and fixed on. We want to exceed. We want to exceed everybody's expectations. We will figure out how to do more with less. We'll figure out how to do more with less. We want to exceed everybody's expectations in this area of life. When people come in, we want them to be wowed by the presence of God, not by figures. We want them to be wowed by the presence of God. Now, here's the thing. We don't have all the money that huge mega churches all around the world have. And I really don't care. So we're going to do more with less than we've ever done. We're going to do a lot more than we've ever done. We're going to double the scope of ministry with nowhere near doubling the scope of our budget. Okay? We're going to double the scope of ministry. So we're going to do a lot more with a lot less. But that means a lot of people are going to have to join in with us. Can I get an amen on that? And here's what I need you to join in on. Last year, we had a theme called what? Shine brighter, shine farther. Well, guess what? X2 is your shine farther. That's how this whole thing came about. It's our year to shine farther. We can't shine farther as staff. We shine farther as a church. We shine farther together. We shine farther with each other. We shine farther in the grips of one another's hands. We shine farther walking out of here as a unified body of believers. We shine farther by doing things that we've never done before. And so what I want you to do this year is simply this. We may have an occasional special offering that we take up. We may have an occasional uh, fundraiser for the youth department or kids department before they go to camp. Here's what I wanna challenge you to do next year. If we're gonna shine farther, I need everybody to do one simple thing. Say two words with me. Say just tithe. Yes. I need everybody just to tithe. I'm not even asking you to give above and beyond. I'm just saying just tithe. Here's the true stats. Everybody in the church says, yeah, we should be tithing, but only 2.5% of evangelistic, uh, evangelical Christians tithe. 2.5% of evangelical Christians tithe. And if we have roughly 800 people who come through this church in a month, that's not a lot of people tithing. So here's my goal. Here's my challenge. If we're going to exceed, if we're going to excel, if we're going to be extravagant, if we're going to be exceptional, I just need everybody to simply do this. Just tithe. Just tithe. Everybody do your part. Carry the load. Let's shine farther together. Because I promise if everybody just tithe, you would never hear the word fundraiser ever in our vocabulary. Not at all. And you know what we detest most as staff and leadership getting together? We discussed this for literally an hour in an elders meeting the other day. The the issue of fundraising. Of fundraising. Why do we have this issue of fundraising? Well, let's do away with the issue of fundraising. I don't ever want to utter those words this year. What I do want is everybody to simply just tithe. Step out there. I challenge you. And listen, God says this. God says, test me on this one. A lot of people are sitting here saying, God, if you're really God, show up. God says, just test me. Test me in this area. He doesn't say test him anywhere else in the Bible. Don't test his love. Don't test him. He says, but in the area of tithing, test me. Test me. And God says, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you. Guys, what we want to do this year is we want to exceed everybody's expectations as a church. We want when people drive down this road for them to not say, have to look at the sign and say who we are, but them to know who we are. Not because they've seen the building, but because the people in this church are so ecstatic and on fire for everything that God's doing. The last one I want to talk to you about this morning is this I want our church to be an example. I want our church to be an example. I want our church to be the church that other people send their leaders to and say, can our children's director sit down with your children's director and her teach us what she's doing? I want us to be the example. I want our worship pastor and our praise department to be so awesome that other worship pastors schedule time with Mitch and our worship team and say, how do you do what you do? I want them to go to Damon. I want to say, Damon, sit down and tell me what you're doing in your youth department because we got to figure something out because ours isn't operating quite right. I want our church to be the example. Not an example that we hold up and say, oh, you got to be like us. I want us to be an example where we flip the script. Where we're a triangle basically flipped upside down. Where we begin to hold up the community, hold up the region, hold up this area by being an example. And we teach and we train and we minister to ministers that can then go out and minister in their churches. This isn't about the way Bible church. This is about the kingdom of God rapidly expanding at a pace that we've never seen it expand before. And I want to see it happen. I want us to be an example. A lot of people ask me from time to time, Joel, how how do you just keep going? Where do you get your drive from? I mean, what keeps you pressing on in the midst of everything that you gotta deal with? How do you do it? And I'm gonna read to you a line out of one of my favorite books of all times. It's called Axiom. My staff probably hates it because I quote this book all the time. There's a lady that this passage is based on. Her name is Joni Erickson Tata. Some of you may have heard of that that name. She's a renowned speaker around the world. She's written over 30 books. When she was 17 or 18, she was swimming. and She jumped off a, a, a cliff and she landed in some water that was too shallow and broke her neck. And she became a quadriplegic immediately. And she survived it and went through Great Depression and came through the other side. And now is doing amazing, phenomenal things for the kingdom of God. And so pull her up online, read her story, but she's sitting down in a, in a session with one of the great Christian leaders of our time, Bill Hybels, and, and it's a question and answer time, and this is what is happening. It says, many years ago, I shared a conference stage with Joni Erickson Tata. This is Bill writing this. She did a question and answer session following one of her talks, and someone in the audience asked her how she kept going, how she kept leading, how she kept serving, how she kept creating despite her obvious physical challenges. And I'll remember her answer for a long time. And this is, this is the answer that keeps me going. She said this, this is the only time in all of history when I get a chance to fight for God. This is the only part of my eternal story when I am actually in the battle itself. Once I die, I'll be in celebration mode in a glorified body in a whole different set of circumstances. But this is my limited window of opportunity. So I'm going to fight the good fight of faith for all I'm worth. I want that to be our driving force. This is our limited window of opportunity. This is the only time in the history of all of creation that we have a profound impact on the kingdom of God. Literally, souls going to heaven or souls not going to heaven is contingent on every person in this room. So what keeps me going is when I look out those doors and I see literally less than 20% of our region in church this morning. 20% or less is in church this morning. And, y'all, there's nothing going on. It's the week between Christmas and New Year's. So everybody had no excuse for not showing up to any church in this region. So this is my one chance in all of history to make a difference on God's kingdom. This is my one chance in all of eternity where I can have an effect on the kingdom of God. Because like she said, when we get to heaven, it's a whole other set of circumstances. We're in a glorified body. We're in celebration mode for eternity. So now, right now, in the years I got left in this body, on this earth, with this life, what I'm going to do, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith for all I'm worth. I'm going to give it everything I've got. I'm going to be perfect in every aspect of the game that I can be in. I'm going to do everything that I can possibly do to expand the kingdom of God at such a phenomenal rate that it's going to take the power of God to contain it. And I want to do it with you. I don't want to do it with anybody else. I want to do it right here in Sulphur Springs, Texas, with the people sitting in this room this morning, with the people I got to eat breakfast with. I didn't have to eat breakfast. I got to eat breakfast with you this morning. And that's who I want to do this with. That's what I want 2014 to be. I want it to be a year like no other, a year that when we look back, we realize we shined brighter for a year, so this year we're shining farther than we ever have. I want us to be excellent. I want us to exceed I want us to be extravagant, I want us to excel, but most of all, I want us to leave here being an example. I want people to be able to look to us and see amazing and mighty things taking place.